Hi, and welcome to Harajuku Data Lake. My name is Morris, and hi, Sergio. Hi, hello, Morris. So today we're going to be talking about Internet of Things, but first I think we want we had a little bit of feedback from the last episode. So, Sergio? Yeah, well, one friend that he's Spanish, but he's in Mexico right now. He listened the podcast and he was a bit confusing about one of my statements. I He thought I said that I will not really kind of negotiate the first contract with the company and that's wrong. I mean, you have to negotiate, of course you have, but you don't have to do this kind of, you are not going to move from that step. I mean, you are going to um, negotiate this well, so you are happy with the first thing. But later, when you are in six months in the company, you have to really reorientate, you know? So there is a kind of, all the time, and it's not ever in six months, it's all the time you have to be renegotiating the contract. You have to be aware about what is your uh, skills in the company, and you have to be all the time with the best value. This happens a lot when you are leaving the company, and these guys, they come later to you and say, oh, but we can give you more money if you want. So they do they do this counteroffer. So don't expect to have a counteroffer. Just go the, go to the, with them and say, hey, guys, um, are you sure that this is what you want to give me? Oh, yeah, we, we you are well paid. Okay. I, I will search in another place. That's the meaning. Okay, so uh, constantly checking in with your company about uh, your salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and your skills and what is what is your career in the company. That, that's important. And this friend, he also asked me and he said, oh, mm -hmm. maybe you, you never hire me, no? Because uh, I whatever, whatever, whatever. And I, I don't think so. I think that if I have the right position and I know that he's good in that position, I'm going to hire him or everybody. But I think that it's more important your skills and to know, okay, you are a good fit with this kind of task, so I am going to hire you. But I'm not going to hire you because you are my friend. That, that's that's the difference, okay? Mm -hmm. So if uh, he's your friend and he has the exact skill set that you need. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that feedback. So the other thing, we usually record on Sundays, but today we're recording on a Monday. So Sergio, do you know what day it is in Japan? <laughs> no, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, you do know because I told you before the podcast, but today is Shunbun no Hi. So it's uh, the uh, spring equinox. So uh, we're looking forward to spring and summer and yeah. it's going to be great. So Facebook told me this morning that it was this day. <laughs> but I don't care because I went to work today, so I don't what? care. What? What? <laughs> well, I didn't go to work today. <laughs> well done. Okay, so uh, today we're going to be talking about Internet of Things. So I think Internet of Things is kind of a bull term to begin with, but uh, it, it's sort of a buzzword that means a lot of things and nothing. And it's sort of to signal where we are in history. It's kind of like... Uh, in the early 90s, the term information superhighway. And there was this idea that, you know, we're like, you know, we're going to have all this information available at our fingertips and it's going to be amazing and we're going to like, like learn so much. Um, but really, information superhighway was just a term that meant that we don't really know what we're talking about yet. We know that the internet and information is going to be very important, but we don't really know exactly where it's going. I think Internet of Things is also kind of a buzzword like that, where it signifies where we are and where we think there is going to be a lot of business opportunity. But 
it doesn't really have a lot of sort of depth of meaning. Like things are not fundamentally different than they were 10 years ago, it, even though it's a relatively recent term. So in terms of Internet of Things, uh, I usually I often listen to like another podcast to prepare for this podcast. And <laughs> I know. And then and then you can listen to your pot to our podcast to prepare for your podcast. So it's it's a, it's a repeating circle. Um, the uh, the podcast I listen to uh, as oft, always I often go to Software Engineering Daily. So Steve Busby, uh, who's from Microsoft and Azure, was talking about Internet of Things, and the way he defined Internet of Things was uh, with sort of four four components: uh, the things themselves, the connectivity they have. Uh, the ability to store data that comes from them in the cloud, and then analytics on that data. And I thought that was a really interesting set of four things because it's really four things that are, are important from the the, the, bismar- the the perspective of Internet of Things, uh, the, the industrial side of Internet of Things. So Internet of Things where like, you know, you're a city and you're going to put a internet connected ship in every street lamp in the city. And I thought that was sort of interesting. And so in that situation, analytics becomes very important and how the data is stored becomes very important. But uh, when we think of Internet of Things as consumers, we tend to think of the just the first two, which is the things themselves and their connectivity to the Internet. Uh, and I think that's probably what we're going to spend most of our time focusing on today. So the historical context here is that you know 50 years ago, nothing had a microchip in it. In the 70s and 80s, we started to see microchips uh, in a lot of things like microwaves and vacuum cleaners and air conditioners. And today, we start to see much more powerful microchips that are connected to the internet, and they become the Internet of Things. So, Sergey, was that a reasonable definition? Yeah, well, I think that I I agree what you said. For me, at the end, I have the personal vision of this. I think that as you that is mostly kind of trendy topic. Everybody is like, oh, I do Internet of Things, but they are just doing another microcontroller, another device, no? And, and well, this device can be bigger, can be smaller, can be... But for me, let me start uh, that saying that Internet of Things is two words, right? Internet and then things. Internet, mm. I think that it's important to understand what's the difference between a, just a thing and an Internet of Things. And is that this thing is connected to the to the network okay i well i think you know more about or maybe you know more about me because you have a certificate a cisco certificate right <laughs> hey those ccnas expire after 3 years so <laughs> okay so you are expired uh, <laughs> now the, the the thing is that uh when internet was created okay we had uh, kind of 2 million 2 billion of uh, ip addresses so we designed something for having more devices than that that was a router so we create uh, private networks and then public networks, okay? So what happened is that every device, every uh, laptop, te- uh, smartphone, you connect to your router and this router is connected to internet. Well, there is a problem because you cannot, well, you need more effort to open a port directly from a device, the, from a laptop, for example, if you want to connect to, a, to um, for example, a video game and you want to have low latency, because they have to connect to you, uh, you want to use these ports, okay? So the the problem is that doing this design, the IP version 4, uh, um, the latency was increased, okay? Because we had different, uh, a lot of devices between you, that is the final device, and 
the provider, okay? Right now, what happened is we have changed in the last 20, 10 years, we have changed to the IPv6. Uh, right now we are in migrating, so if you ask me like, oh, which one are we using? Probably you are using both of them. Uh, but the interesting thing is that this one, it doesn't need a router because we have billions of billions of IP addresses. So every device can have our own IP. The problem is that this, um, this management that we were doing in the router right now is in the device. So the device has more kind of responsibility. Okay, so what happens is that every device can connect directly to every device. Okay, you can connect from your uh, alarm that is connected to internet. It has an interface, a network interface. It can connect to your uh, fridge and your fridge can connect to your laptop and your laptop to your company and your company to your whatever. Okay, so it's, it's very interesting. Like everything is interconnected. Okay, that's, a, that's the first word, internet. And the second one is that it's automatic. No? It has a microcontroller and it can uh, execute some kind of code. Maybe it's by hardware, maybe it's um, software, but both of these terms, it's what we call Internet of Things. At the end, as we have already said, is something something more trending. Yeah, just to clarify there, so the uh, uh, the IPv4 Internet, uh, Internet Protocol version 4 was uh, released in the early 80s, I think 1983, mm -hmm. and it has mm -hmm. a total address space of 2 to the 32 possible addresses, so about 4.3 billion addresses. And because of the way addresses are allocated, there are actually slightly fewer available addresses. So we've yeah. run out of addresses uh, a while ago, and the way that uh, we are able to connect all the devices that we connect is via network address translation. So, yeah. you know, the one IP address that I have at a company or the one IP address that I have at my house will actually be shared by a bunch of uh, devices behind the uh, single router. Uh, one of the sort of interesting things there is that effectively that means that the router becomes a security boundary. So uh, for a lot of companies and a lot of homes, we assume that anything inside the network, anything on the local network doesn't have to be that secure because it can't be access. it's not accessible directly from the internet. The problem is that right now, internet is everything. It's not only like what is outside your home, it's that your private network is already your public network. So this device must be more, as you said, no? like the bundle of security must be inside this device. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, the, the security boundary can no longer be the local network. So one of the, uh, so, and then uh, IPv6 is uh, 2 to the 120, it's 128 bits long. So that's uh, a very, very, very large number of addresses so that uh, any, there are enough addresses that as many devices as we can put on the IPv6 network, each one can have their own unique address. And you no longer need network address translation. So, and just to give a practical example of how that works, like for example, uh, at my house here in Nakano, I have uh, a dual stack IP4, IPv6 uh, connectivity. So all the devices in my house have both uh, local IPv4 addresses and global IPv6 addresses. And the global IPv6 addresses are actually internet accessible. So mm -hmm. if I have a Raspberry Pi under my desk running with a IPv6 six address, even though it doesn't have a publicly accessible IPv4 address, I can still SSH into it from, you know, my, my server. 
Yeah, it's interesting because uh, right now mentioning this about the IPv6, no, maybe one day we see the next generation, no, but maybe we we run out of of this, and it makes sense right now because before when they created the IPv4, uh, we were using um, computers that they were 32 bits. So in that moment, what makes sense, not to have this space for an IP? It was the number. No, uh, integer uh, and signet integer, and right now we have the IP version six. No, that is the sixty four. So we have uh, so it's, many. It's actually but one hundred and twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we are gonna be evolving. No, so maybe one day we have more planets. <laughs> we need more devices. <laughs> okay, the, the whole universe, atoms yeah. in the universe. Who knows? Who knows? But it's very interesting. No, it's like everything has very relation with the with the technology in that moment. Yeah, no, I, I love IPv6 because I feel like it brings us back to, in, in some ways, it brings us back to the original idea of the internet, which is that any two things can connect to any two other things. Whereas yeah. right now, we're really reliant on centralized servers to transit data between two places. Yeah. So it, it's actually relatively hard to establish a connection just on IPv4 between two devices because both of those devices will be behind network address translated routers. Yeah, so, uh, IPv6 brings us back to like the the dream of the internet, which is like, I have a phone in my hand and it can talk to the alarm clock at your house or whatever. One friend sent me the same. He's a sysadmin and he sent me the same words like, oh, I love IPv6 because then every device will be able to be accessed. But this is also kind of a problem, don't you think? That, okay, uh, or... More than a problem, I think that is just the the idea. But later, internally, what is happening is you have some providers, the uh, the ASP, mm. they are controlling all the information that they are sending. So I I agree that we can create right now more kind of peer to peer devices, and I think that this is a real IOT. Uh, and then this is the the fake in IOT, no? That is just one device that is connecting to a server. He doesn't even care if he has an IP address or not. You know, that's 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 a big difference. It's very interesting. Okay, so I think I think one of the, the the key challenges of Internet of Things is something that we just touched on there, which is that if you do have direct access from the internet to all these devices, how do you secure these devices? Because if we have our, if we are accessing the internet through our computers or our phones, we can be, we we have some reasonable expectation that. Um, people will keep their phones relatively update, uh, will install security patches. Uh, but when it comes to just random devices around the house, I can't really be expected to install security patches on my toaster or my microwave or my refrigerator. Uh, but these are essentially computers that have the all that can have all the same vulnerabilities as a desktop system. Yeah, yeah. Well, this will always happen, right? I th I think that um, focusing on the topic about uh, the kind of security, you know, because at the end is everything related. Uh, the first layer, okay, is to have a standard. And a standard means that um, there is kind of legislation that it makes you to um, do some kind of high standards. I mean, um, high... how high techniques, high uh, protocols to use uh, best practices, no? So I think that the, this is the first one. If you don't uh, really, really, how can I say, um, if you are not using these standards, maybe you have to be fee, not you have to be kind of, uh, you can be sue. So if you are just leaving everything open, Okay, there is uh, organisms that should care about. For example, right now in in Europe, it has been already 
uh, it has been created, well, it's already been approved, the General Data Protection Regulation, that this regulation is coming in two years, okay? It's, so it's going to be efficient in two years. So that means that uh, all the companies that they are working with, uh, um, devices that they are sending uh, info, uh, private information, kind of privacy, okay, privacy, uh, they must have some kind of uh, methodologies, okay? Like, for example, uh, they they have to allow the, the guest to the person, to the user, uh, to be able to remove everything about him so you can be forgotten of the of that of that database uh, you must have a data officer who is the person who is responsible for that data etc 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 okay so more measures that uh, you must follow just to to be with high standards of security okay the second one is what you mentioned it probably is um, you when you start working with computers, you know that you are in this uh, kind of uh, field. So, I mean, if if we want to have a shop that is is about um, about flowers, you need to know how to plant a flower, how you how much water they need, everything right. So here, if you are working with something technically, so technology, and this is connected to internet, you must have some mechanisms that provide the highest security, and one of them is be able to spread all your software at the same time. Okay, be careful because if you do it wrong, then it will be hacked. But uh, the, the, the thing is that it's the same. The, the, the best example is with Tesla. Tesla is a company that they create uh, a software that can be updated, so the car itself can be updated with the last version. It is secure, it's with a signature, it's using SSL, secure protocol, everything, okay? Mm, you, you cannot change that firmware that they create in a laboratory and they send and say, okay, this can be installed in every 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 computer of the of the car. But there is nothing else that they can be updated. Okay, so when something happens in some hours, all the cars they, this has been updated and have solved the fix. They have fixed the problem. But in the other case, for example, companies that they are just um, analogic and they have some devices but they are not connected in to one place um they are gonna have so many problems to later be updated so what i mean here is that if you are working with technology you must know about what you are talking about okay you need you need a minimum standard and then the third one and i think that the, it's very related with the two points we said is about to invest in talent and investing in talent is in all the industries that we can talk about but it is very important no because sometimes uh, you can just create a software and it works and this is this is fine but it's not fine when you are open to everybody you must know what what what's there and and to make it work is not related to is good enough and here um, you have a lot of competitors so the, uh, the, the this we talked uh, together okay the other day we have been talking mm. about and we could talk so, so many hours but the conclusion i think um you've got to hire good people yes yes exactly exactly all right, so so going going back to a few things uh this, this general data protection regulation uh i think what why this is important so 
when we talk about Internet of Things devices, we talk about the security of the devices themselves. So you don't want the devices in your house participating in a botnet. You don't want hackers using the devices in your house to uh, create proxies and whatnot. But you also don't want the device. You, you also want to have some sort of privacy expectation of the devices in your house. And what we've seen recently is that essentially consumers have a very low put of extremely low value on private on security and privacy and even though there are companies that are trying to market security and pr privacy as a core component of their pro of their product it's still unclear that consumers are actually willing to pay for that so if there are two internet enabled teddy bears on the shelf and one of them costs $20 and one of them costs $25 but the $25 one um has some well i mean maybe maybe the problem is that computer that consumers have no way to judge which one is more secure so they just simply assume that both are equally unsecure and thus you know just choose the cheaper one but it seems that at least where we're at right now is that we don't have consumers actively willing to pay more than a a and not actively willing to pay any nominal sum of money for security and privacy. And so that sort of brings us into the, the importance of uh, regulations. So this general data protection regulation in Europe, um, I actually don't know very much about this, but just referring to the Wikipedia page, it, it looks very, very interesting. But uh, in terms of interesting things in here, <laughs> one of the things I did want to talk about at some point on the podcast is this, uh, it says automated individual decision making, including profiling made contestable. So, what it? <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so this is actually, this is unrelated to IoT, but it, it's about <laughs> citizens having the right to question uh, and fight decisions that affect them that have made, uh, that have been made purely based on an algorithmic means. So I thought that was really interesting because I, I'm interested in the topic of uh, algorithmic bias and the ways that um, machine learning and algorithms can learn the biases of their creators and recreate those biases in mm. different ways. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I, I think sort of the, the point of bringing this up is that uh, the, the role regulation plays here is that uh, it creates some sort of minimum standard of uh, security and privacy expectation for devices within a market. Yeah. Well, what happened here with this regulation, the goal is to make the highest standard for all the European Union because some countries, they don't have the same level as other ones. For example, in Spain is one of the, 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 the countries that they have the highest ones. Okay, so if you really have sensitive information, you must really um, care a lot about your data. You have to notify to the government. You have to track the list and to notify which fields do you save for every customer. So this has been happening more and more. The, the problem of this... Uh, uh, kind of general data protection regulation, I have the feeling that it's very related with Facebook and Google because they are becoming very big companies and they play a lot with the data and everybody, in the case the politicians and companies, they are kind of jealous that of these big companies that they create an empire no, with data. So they want to set something to say, oh, if you want to really use the data of my citizens, you have to pay more. This this specific um, new regulation, this is re related a lot with USA. This is going to affect mm. a lot because USA doesn't have this kind of uh, legislation. So right now, if you want to take the database from 
the European Union to outside, in this case, USA, uh, you are going to have to be very careful, okay? And they can, you can have a huge fee of $20 million, okay? So, yeah. And and what I wanted to say before is that the, the, what we have been discussing the other day is about uh, the security is something that you cannot measure. We, we, uh, we don't really use to deploy a new uh, version of the product because the security okay if there is something that is terrible of course but the 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 uh, business people they just want to release a new version and to have new features not security but i think that the people that they are more talented uh they don't think about security as a feature they think the opposite they they i don't consider that they have to do something extra for making this secure i think that if it's not secure it's not done so this is what mm. i mean about the investing talent these people like i i cannot compl- i cannot understand a product that you can change uh a, a integer a number and then you are in the account of other person no no the, the one of the the requirements and is the base is the security you it's very difficult to after you design all the all the platform you put something that is just a liar that is a security that's sorry it doesn't work mm. we have checked we have seen this for example with applications like uh redis that or other stuff okay that they just delegate no the security to outside of the platform so later what happens is that you can use some commands if you access to the to the uh, redis instance and you yes know the authentication for example they have discovered uh, this is already solved okay but in the past uh, you could change and get root of the system through some commands of the uh of the, of the redis itself mm. with the set config you could set some files that they were pointing to another place and then you use the logs for load the file in the memory and then execute the shell okay so uh, what what it means is that um, it works. It works when you are small and you really want to release a product very fast. But as soon as you are growing, well, that's that's a, a, a first citizen, no? The security, even the the performance, the architecture, the latency, all of this stuff is something that if it is too slow, your software is not going to be used. And this is something that the people they appreciate very fast. But if it's not safe, if you are not a person who is like oh very very talented and he knows, okay, he's a pen tester or someone who knows about security, he's not going to realize one of the things that the the best things of this uh, new project that Google prepared, the Zero, Zero project, I think they call uh, it. Project Zero. Project Zero. Uh, it's, it's about that they they try to pen test all the companies and all the big softwares before an uh, uh, intruder or a malicious person tries. No, So they are um, safer no? and they report. No, and and just, just to be clear, these are not uh, Google's own products. Like this is Google yeah. going out uh, mm-hmm. and uh, pen testing other companies' products. Mm-hmm. Uh, including open source products. That's it. That's it. Well, I, I think them, them, yeah, 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 I agree, I agree. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So one of the other things that you touched on was uh, the automatic update story. So, and you use tes- Tesla as a positive example there because here mm-hmm. is a, a company that comes from the technology industry into the car industry, into the automobile industry. And because of that, they have this technology mindset and they are able to update all of their cars over the air. Um, mm-hmm successfully without a lot of issues. I think the the flip side of that is this story that I'm looking at in Wired, which is from 2015, which is uh, hackers remotely kill a Jeep on the highway with me in it. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I read the same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it, that's true. It, it's a wonderful story of what can go wrong if your security story isn't uh, top notch. And I think one of the questions with Internet of Things devices is that if my total, if if I only spent fifteen dollars on this toaster that happens to be internet enabled, um, hmm. who who is going to pay for the? If I want to use that toaster for another ten, fifteen, twenty years. Who's going to be running the software updates on my toaster in twenty years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it also get, gets to the, <laughs> the the last point on our agenda today is Internet of shit. and I think uh, it also gets to the question of why do we actually need a internet enabled toaster, refrigerator, light bulb? Well, let's clarify that Internet of shit right now that you mentioned is a channel in Twitter that you can you can follow and well that's amazing that's hilarious uh you can see so many devices that they are so vulnerable they they are very bad design well that, that's amazing and you can afford something if you see something that is very weird just take a photo and send there it's 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 amazing but what what mm. we were talking about before um about tesla for example uh the same problems happens for example with the airplanes Right now, one guy, one guy that he presented in the rooted con in Spain, he he presented how to how you can hack a, um, uh, airplane. So I mean, well, there, there are different layers. Okay, he's just making a proof of concept. He's trying to make a, a with a drone uh, like an airplane. So <laughs> he has the same software. It, it, it's very interesting to listen all all of this stuff. But he he just wants to conscientize you know, to the industry that they must to be more um, careful because they are safe. It's called safe, okay? So safe adds, uh, there is not going to be two bytes that they hit the same memory position, but it's not secure. So they, these are two different concepts in the in the airplanes, in the aviation world, that they are very, very different. So I think that we have to to promote no? and to do activities and, and make understand to everybody that is very... Um, we need to invest in security. It's something that um, you must do that. Or if you are not willing to do that, um, just don't start working with these kind of tools. Because imagine that you are in an airplane and and you are just connecting to the um, to the machine to the um, what the screen that you see the monitor. You you are watching movies and maybe someone he's hacking over there and something happens and well that, that can be terrible no so because nobody wants this kind of um, thing i think that we we should focus more efforts no in this in that line so the same can happen in in a in a in a car no the same can happen in an airplane the same can happen in a boat uh, it can happen in if you have something artificial in your body no some prosthesis mm. Uh, well, I, I think that there is no there is no answer to this question. I think that um, we must do some legislation uh, that must care, and and I think that everybody must be more aggressive and more less tolerant. No, like oh, I have a toy that I gave to my sister and my daughter, and she's playing with that, but it looked like that. He this toy is recording everything we are talking about and they are analyzing and well if there is someone who discovers this kind of um, problem we have to raise our hand and stop them no and even sue them no somehow or go to the government and the government should care about this but for example there is another another just short example last one okay 
is is about the passwords no uh, when you go to a web page a login and you sign up and when you click sign up and it sends the same password to you it means that the, this this page is recording your password okay because later you can recover the password and they know what password you got before okay so when you can recover the password and this password is not cipher it means that they are saving your password. And it means that um, if they hack and they get all the database, it's not gonna be saved. So r right now there is, I don't remember the name, sorry, but there is a web page that they recollect all the web pages that they they have this kind of bad feature, no? So they can be hacked and they can be, they can install your password, no? So they tell you, oh, don't use never your password in or one kind of critical password in this kind of web page. Okay. Just mm -hmm. for people who don't know, uh, when you enter a password into a website, typically that password is uh, run through a cryptographic hash function before it's stored in a database. Shall so one, the... shall <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Maybe not shall one. <laughs> uh, the, the details are actually kind of interesting um, because you'll you'll add like a random salt first before you uh, before you hash it. But uh, the the point there though is that if, for example, your database was hacked. Uh, People would you would not actually have the passwords uh, in there, and it would be very hard to determine what those passwords were based on the hashes. Ho hopefully, nearly impossible. Um, working backwards, I think. Uh, so the in in terms of the, uh, uh, I I think I have seen that presentation uh, from the guy who claimed to be able to hack uh, air uh, airplanes, and mm -hmm. I believe. When I looked into it, it sounded like it was a little, like he was claiming a little bit more than he had actually. Uh, it 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 seemed that there was some skepticism around that specific incident. But um, in terms of the the Jeep incident, I think what's interesting there is that with the Jeep incident, uh, because these hackers were um, these hackers were able to actually in prove that like an entertainment system was actually linked into the uh, core navigation systems of a vehicle. And when we get to Internet of Things, like I think that's that's another sort of aspect of it that we have to think about, which is that, you know, if somebody hacks my computer, yes, they can access all the data on the computer, or maybe they can turn on my webcam, but they can't actually do very much to harm me physically directly. Whereas if somebody hacks my microwave or my oven or my toaster or my hot water heater or my <laughs> or my, my my furnace or something, like their ability to control the environment I live in is actually much greater. Yeah. 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 So I yeah. think that that's that's sort of uh, one of the other strange aspects of uh, Internet of Things is that not only may they be less secure in that they're developed by companies that don't have a very strong uh, ability to secure these products, but they also may be able to inflict, in some ways, like more real damage in the world. Yeah, I, I think that this real damage right now that you mentioned, I think this is more progressive, no? So they know more about you, they can track you, they can do something that affects to you no they they know your weakness weakness no because you are like oh afraid about this or you like this no so they know what you like they know what you hate so they can use this in favor to do something to you no so imagine that we are talking about one guy that he doesn't have any responsibility but imagine a director of a company who 
sorry, that this guy, he, he has to close a deal, no? And there are a lot of millions over there, no? And with this Internet of Things, we, we, some companies, they are able to sell your data and you can process them and say, okay, this person, he's going to be sensitive if we start talking about this and this and this. So everything is kind of business intelligent, no? And we are talking about the levels that they are very... Everybody can be affected, no, all the all the time. So we 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 don't have to be afraid until they they use against us, no. The the system mm. helps you. The system covers you until it doesn't. Until you need something, no. Okay. Um, okay. One I... one thing is that, yeah. that guy that you mentioned before about the um air aircraft hacking. Yeah. Uh, his name is Hugo Teso. And he's a Spanish, okay? Oh, he's okay. Spanish well, or uh, from Argentina? I don't remember now. But but yeah, yeah. He, this guy he published a, a book about all the stuff that he researched for several years. He he likes to to manage uh, planes, and he started working like, oh, what, what is happening if I ask this about uh, a image of a hard drive that they have? And and he was researching, and he explained in a couple uh, rooted con that is uh, mm. a meeting in Spain of the highest security people, and 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 well, believe me, he hacked. He he prepared even mm. all the base with our planes. He knew where it was going, where they arriving, everything. So he he never did nothing illegal because he was very carefully but <laughs> he had the software he was able to inject commands so yeah it, it's possible it, it's not a joke it's not a joke the companies right. the, uh, all the companies they, they are moving so many millions that they don't care but this is happening it's, it's something that he has already proved and this is not a joke hmm. okay i think uh where, where do you want to go next well uh, as i i have another story <laughs> are you, actually are, are we sure we want to share that story I, I like yeah i think i think it's fine i think that is something that um, i help somehow i help to the community okay okay well yeah. uh yes please please share the story yeah and, well uh, okay so this ago? is a story about uh <laughs> raspberry pi yeah Okay, so well, t time ago I was playing with a Raspberry Pi and I I found uh, a project. I don't remember even the name, sorry. Uh, but this project allows you to uh, remotely to control your Raspberry Pi and then write code, and this code was automatically executing the Raspberry Pi. Okay, so it was like in you have a web page that you have a interface, a terminal, and every command that you run in the terminal it this connects to your Raspberry Pi and executes the command. Okay, what what I did is just, it was very easy, okay, it didn't have any, anything. But uh, I just changed the IP address that the device was connecting, so I just changed the IP address of my home by uh, localhost, okay? And then all the devices that they were connected in that moment, they connected to my account, okay? So in a moment, I got like 500 IOT, <laughs> Raspberry Pis, into my control, okay? I, in that moment, I said, like, well, I don't care at all. I didn't do nothing illegal, of course. I just I just double-checked that I had the access to these these devices, <laughs> and I had, but, but nothing, uh, LS and ID. 
And I left, and the next day, the, the founder, the maintainer of this project, he sent me an email like, oh, wow, I saw that you add 500 devices in a moment. If you need something, please let me know. And, oh, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> so you. So he was, like, really, really happy that you'd yeah, connected it, 500 devices to his yeah. service, not realizing that yeah. by just putting <laughs> in localhost in the host name yeah. as opposed to your own IP address, you had accidentally, um, accidentally connected to all the devices attached yeah. to the service that's it so uh well i replied to him and i told the true no like oh no no sorry i i <laughs> they are not my devices i just discovered a way to connect them and and i, I told him i told him that oh i haven't done nothing nothing wrong and okay so, uh, so you explained the whole situation to yes, him yes yes and he replied me and he was in that moment very angry like oh i'm gonna sue you i don't do nothing don't even uh, Nothing. He was very, very angry, you know, and he he fixed the problem very, very fast. He just needed to remove that parameter. It was nothing important, but but he was affected, you know, in that okay. case. So, uh, so in terms of the uh, the bug bounty that they paid you, how much? How many thousands of dollars did they pay you for this important bug oh. bounty? This important vulnerability <laughs> that you reported? Nothing, nothing. In that moment, nothing. No, no. Oh, I, huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I, I have done this uh, with several companies. They report some bugs, but I, I don't expect that they pay me. It's different than the bug bounty. In the bug bounty, you are just kind of searching the money or something like that. But but in these th things that I am using and I discover something and I report them and. Mm, hmm. uh, for me, it's fine. The, the problem right now is that with this kind of legislations and regulations that we have been talking before, at least in Spain, if you report something, maybe you are sued because you have tried to uh, in to access to something legal illegally. So sometimes mm. some people, uh, some friends, I know them, uh, they discover a lot of things but they never report because if you report, you can be sued because you have discovered that thing. So sometimes it's better that don't do nothing. In a moment, they mm. lose information by some uh, Russian hackers. Okay, leave it there. Okay, so it's not your concern. But in this case, I guess uh, it was the the, the kind of uh, so easily, no, to be able to access to so many uh, IOT and then this kind of aggressive conversation, like, oh, don't do nothing. Uh, he was in this kind of bad mood, no. But I I I explained him like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. I'm not gonna do nothing else, and I haven't done nothing, so you don't have to change any configuration, nothing at all. So it was at the end. I think he understood that this happens a lot. This happens a lot. It's very it's very common. It's very common and you have to be very careful. When you are more professional, there is a limit that you know that you don't have to pass. You know that you mm. don't have to even try to get the credentials of something. You just access, okay, you, you just prove that you have access there and um, that's all. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting discussion. I mean, um, I haven't ever had an experience like that, but I do have a lot of letters and a hyphen in my last name. And occasionally I have uh, been to websites where when I just put in my full name, um, the server crashes. So I don't know. It's n not the same level, but you know, yeah. th these, are bug these are bugs that you run into in the course of using a website as a regular user, but they also open up the possibility for security vulnerabilities. Yeah. Let, let me say something that is very, very important. And I think that the people that they listen, they would like to know. And when we are talking about uh, IOT, I think that the most concerning about security is the privacy. 
I think that everything is not about if they got hack in like okay the company is gonna have a terrible image and nobody is gonna using them anymore. But I think that what matters and what wants uh, the European government is the privacy and privacy means your data and it means that you can control that information. For example. Um, if you know what is OAuth, OAuth is a protocol that it led you to be a provider of data and someone can request you to, oh, is this person, uh, is, is this person has, has an account, this person inside this, uh, in your database, okay, and you can reply. So it means that uh, when you divide your uh, kind of platform, you must, you must be aware that uh, you are a user and everything depends on the user. If the user wants to delete all the information you must remove from from that user of everywhere in the platform. Okay, mm. so I think that it's more important the privacy and to be able to be for, forbidden, for forgotten, forgotten. Sorry, uh, than anything else. So um, in this IOT thing, IOT thing, I will I will say that that privacy is the first citizen. Absolutely, uh, we're we're in a very strange place in the world when it comes to privacy because we have. So there, everything we do produces so much random auxiliary information, whether we intend it to or not. And for example, as you said right now, uh, we are in Japan, and I think in Japan they sell the information about everybody all the time. I know some friends that they receive uh, kind of sales in their in their post box and all kind of stuff. So I think the the companies here, I think, I think my suspicion, but some friends they told me that that's true that they are selling a lot of information from you and, okay, how old are you when you are going to be uh, 20 years old and you are going to have this kind of party that they prepared, all this stuff. So they are they are doing a lot of sales uh, with your your own information and you don't have any way to know who has your address, uh, how you can remove yourself from these databases, anything, anything. Yeah, uh, just to sort of comment on the situation in Japan, I would say that there is some uh, private. There is an there is privacy legislation in Japan that tends to sort of mirror legislation in the U.S. So certainly compared to the, it's certainly not nearly as strict as the situation in Europe. Um, and one of the things that uh, the U.S. is very strict on that Japan is not particularly strict on is uh, spam emails. So I know yeah. in the U.S. For example, if you send out a mailing list, you basically have to be able to unsubscribe with one click. Um, that does not seem to be the case in Japan, <laughs> given yeah. how given how hard it is to unsubscribe from a number of the mailing lists that I'm on. So yeah, that, that that's that's what is called op in and op out, and it means that you have to decide as a guest or the the user, sorry, um, to decide if you want to receive something or not. There are people. Well, the, 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 this is what happening in USA and here is that they send you the email and then you you are able to unsubscribe, but you never you don't want to receive the email in the first time, so you you have to say, oh, I want to receive the first email, and then you have to be able to unsubscribe for that mail list. Yeah, this uh, this general data protection regulation also seems to talk a lot a bit a lot about privacy by design, as well as uh, making privacy by default. So yeah, yeah. making that making sure that checkboxes are not pre-checked with the least private option, but checkboxes are checked with the most private option. Yeah, that's it. The default option. Yeah, another thing that is very important. Um, Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Hey, hey, you worked all day. I understand. I yeah. understand. 
Yeah, so <laughs> really, so so tired. Uh, wow. Um, but that th- th- was important. I want to mention because it's important. It's important. Mm, it, well, I have so many things in my head that I want to explain, but we don't have time. Uh, the list of topics that we have over there is terrible. I know, well, yeah, and technologies. We we haven't talked anything about technologies, right? And, okay, um, so. Uh, just, just to just to give listeners a sneak preview of a few of the technologies involved with Internet of Things that are kind of important, but that we will probably not cover in depth today. Uh, we have IPv6, IP version six, which we did uh, talk about. We have. Uh, uh, microcontrollers, uh, internet connected microcontrollers. So those can be things, uh, everything from uh, basically, uh, well, Raspberry Pi like devices. Uh, we have messaging formats like JSON and CSV. We have protocols like MQTT, AMQP, HTTP. We have cloud platforms like uh, um, Azure and AWS. And finally, we have uh, cloud analytics on top of those. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to mention, I remember. <laughs> that's my problem. Okay. I, I forget something, and in 30 seconds, I remember that. That's very interesting. But in the moment, <laughs> it's like, what, what, what? I have to write it. Um, the thing is that if you are developing and creating a, a system that has um, this kind of IOT, or even it's not IOT, it's just an app. I, I don't really care if it's IOT or not. Just don't save the information that you don't need. That's a basic basic right. advice, but um, if you don't need the name, don't don't save the name of the person because this is gonna help you to be more safe, and they aren't gonna be able to relate the information. So, okay, if you are working with, uh, in your case, fintech, don't save whatever you don't need. If you are saving information that you want only to store, but you don't really have a business model over there, or, uh, that doesn't make any sense. You have to be more strict later with the certifications, uh, how you manage that information, how the backups, all of the stuff. And believe me, if you don't need the name of the person or the name or any other information, don't do that. Maybe maybe you can partner with another CMS that can handle the information for you and you just do what you are good at, no? So that, that's what I wanted to say that about privacy, about the um, uh, take care, about the sensitive information and everything you don't need don't need okay so now okay. about <laughs> yeah, say. okay no no i i just think that this is like since this is an episode that's completely filled with tangents uh and it, we have like a lot of tangents about security and privacy uh i definitely think that that's a really interesting thing where i think the default from kind of the 90s and the 2000s was you know it historically it was actually impossible to save all this information it was impossible to collect all this information it was impossible to save it so in like the 90s and 2000s we realized oh my god we can save all this information we can run analytics on it we can do all these cool trends and so the default stance for a lot of people was let's just save all the information put it in the data lake figure out what we're going to do with it later but at least you know any information doesn't matter what it is just save it and hopefully we'll find some value in it um and now we're in sort of this other place where information is actually kind of, it's like its like toxic waste. Like you don't actually want to be holding on to a lot of this information. Like you should only collect information that you know you want and that you have a purpose for. And it's sort of, it's an interesting uh, sort of change where now it's much more important to not have information, whereas previously it was important to collect as much information as possible. Well, I I disagree a little bit, <laughs> okay. and my my position is that um, we are humans, okay? So we make always the same mistakes. I think that we we just start something technology that we didn't know what 
at all okay everything is like okay in uh, 20 years ago like more of the people they were just developers people that they understand what was a tcp connection okay Mm. and right now it has changed a lot uh okay so what i want to say is do you know why do we have traffic lights do you know why there are more (laughs) and more all the time i can think of many reasons but please tell me why we have traffic lights well the the reason is that there are people that they have died and when there is a tra- uh, when there is a car and they have an accident in one place, it's in that moment after someone died that they put a new traffic light. That's why there are several uh, marks that telling you, oh, stop here, uh, go faster, go whatever. And every time is slower because there are so many people that they had this problem. So with the Internet of Things and all the stuff in the computers, it's happening the same model. We are doing the same mistake. We are just waiting until something happens and then we are going to somehow fix it. No, we are developing the best practices because we did it so many times wrong. No, what happened in GitLab we talk about is something that it could be prevented. But no, it happened again. But everybody learned and everybody checked the backups in that moment. So everything become better. No, So we need these mistakes. And this is already a moment that is happening. And webs like we said before, like Twitter, Internet of shit, is a, is an example that they want more followers and they want to be more conscient, everybody. So I, I think that's the reason that it's not something that we just learn. He said, okay, everything is new. Let's see what happens. Oh, happened this. Okay, let's do this. Okay, happened that. Let's put more like uh, more regulations. Right now, we are talking about regulation. And this, everything that we are talking and uh, these IOT devices is not something new. Uh, 20 years ago, we had the peer-to-peer with Napster. It's, I mean, this is not new at all. But right now, we have the legis- legislation, everything that... And I link this topic with the kind of government, business, money, economic. So that's it. Right. Well, and I think everybody is kind of waiting for that thing that consumers will really wake up about security and privacy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when we're talking about recent news, this is from February 28th. This is uh, creepy IoT teddy bear leaks, uh, great more than <laughs> 2 million parents and kids' voice messages. And it's like, is this going to be like, Maybe this specific story isn't the issue, but maybe, maybe at some point there will be so many stories like this about you know an unsecured MongoDB or whatever it was that uh, ended up with all these recordings available online. Like maybe at some at some point there will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So uh, I have an experience with this with real life, and I maybe already six years ago, no, maybe seven, seven years ago, I did one of the first talk of security of Android, and I did one proof of concept, okay, that it was very interesting in that moment, okay, we're talking about six, seven years ago, okay, that's mm. that's long time ago, it was very, very first versions, but in that moment, what I did is was an application that you allow just yes, internet, so the permission was internet, and by default, you had access to all your SD card. So what happened, this application was normal application. It could be anything. But in the background, it was getting all your files from your SD card. So mm. everything was WhatsApp, everything, the backups, they were sending to my server. Okay, so this is something that <laughs> it, it's completely crazy. Okay, and, and Right, right. It's unbelievable that yeah. this this would even be possible. But it was in that version of Android. It was, it was, and right now it's, it's happening in the new companies that they are releasing something. And there is another, uh, maybe we can talk later or 
now about the technologies, but there is another topic we haven't mentioned and is very important. It's about uh, the countries. Okay, we were talking about about Japan, Spain, uh, USA. Mm. I know that in Mexico uh, they are very transparent. They are very transparent, but whatever they want. So if you are a citizen, you have all your information public and you cannot revoke from there. But if you are a kind of um, a politic, you are not going to have nothing over there. Okay, so that's the, the two sides. And then... Um... Okay, technologies. <laughs> um, no, what I mean... Um... Oh, today was a tired day, I think. Okay, okay. I, I will remember. Give me 30 seconds. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember. Okay, so the 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 big point is about China. China doesn't mm. have any kind of regulation. We are talking about some guys that they are just copycats. They copy everything that they see. They reverse engineer everything they see. You cannot talk about oh I have the ma- this pattern, this legislation. No, they don't care. They are gonna ca- take your product. They are gonna do it. They are gonna uh, reverse engineer. They are gonna create a version. They are gonna do it in big scale. They are going to sell, they are going to get feedback, they are going to improve, and they are going to have so many mistakes, and they don't care. They are going to release first version, second version, third version, and if there is a moment that um, they are going to be better than you. I don't remember the name of that thing that has two wells, and the, 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 the it was a company, like it's like a bike, but they... They were oh, uh, the hoverboards. Yes, and, and a Chinese company bought this company, this American company. So it was something completely crazy. So I think in China it's a place that no rules, and it's like okay, the the most aggressive person he's the owner. No? So I I think that this is a very very interesting topic, and we can talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> yes, yes, I think there's the idea of uh, well, I mean. We, we could do an entire episode about intellectual property <laughs> and... Uh, and China. <laughs> and, China. and uh, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. What should our final topic be? <laughs> so, so, Sergio, do you... I think uh, I do want to kind of wrap things up, but do you uh, have any Internet of Things devices or are you planning on buying any Internet of Things devices? Oh, what a question. I thought we were going to talk a little bit more about technologies. I, I have some oh, devices. Yeah. For for example, let, let me answer this question and then we go to the technologies very fast. <laughs> okay. I think I, th- I have some devices, Fitbit. I use some devices uh, for the weight, for uh, walking every day. I have this kind of devices. I'm not so worried about this because at the end it's something that... Mm, it's like a balance, no? If if they are able to hack this information or to obtain this information, for me, it doesn't really matter so much. Of course, until the moment that they use them against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that um, you cannot be so paranoid. You cannot be all time living like, oh, my information is over there. I think that we can get so many things positive from all this stuff that is happening right now. So I think that we are in the right direction. But the problem is that the 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 way, the path is painful. Uh, but I, I, I have, and maybe in the future I get more devices. I have, of course, uh, my smartphone, my 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 computer. But I think that I am not really the target. 
because I am a person that understands very well how it works, and I'm be- I mm. very easily I can create false positives, and this is terrible. The false positives when you are analyzing the data and you see so many false positives, that's terrible because twenty uh, percent of error means that you are not doing this right. And if you are faking and you are saying that you are from another school, uh, you are uh, sending I don't know, uh, you are not synchronizing your device with the internet, something like that, um, it, it's not useful, no. Imagine that you want to to trick me to do something to me, and you send some information that I know that I post that, and it's false, no. So it's gonna be mm. terrible. But I, I think I'm a guy that has been working with security so long time that I, I think it's it's not impossible, but it's gonna be difficult to do something like uh, social engineering, spear phishing, uh, because uh, this has been some of the, my topics, no. So it, it's kind of difficult, but even it can happen. If it doesn't happen to me, it's because I get some precautions, no. So I I I think so. I think so that I can I can buy devices or even share my information in internet because I think that it doesn't really matter. They are gonna obtain the information and they are gonna be analyzing other people. So I I don't think it's so terrible. The problem is the governments mm. or this kind of stuff that we and we are responsible for that. No, so we are developers. We are doing a platform. I am responsible for that and I care a lot and when when we do I think I follow the best practices and for me every time that I write a feature I care a lot and I I spend time thinking about how this can be bypassed somehow right the things that we deal with as software engineers are actually really serious important societal issues now they're no they're no longer just uh they're, they're not like things that we couldn't in the 90s that we didn't take very seriously they are very important now Yes, 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 yes. yes. I, I think so, I think so. I think so. And I think, well, as I said before, no, when you have a team that has talent, I think that it is easier. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, finally, a little bit about technologies. So yeah. I know both uh, Amazon and Azure sell these uh, sort of Internet of Things products in the cloud. And what I understand them to be is they're kind of like... Uh, uh, they're, they're message hubs, things sort of like Ka- Kafka, where you, you put us, you have a bunch of devices and they're putting in a stream of messages and those mes- messages are then uh, getting read out and maybe there's analytics being performed on those messages. Raise your hand if you understood what means Kafka. <laughs> <laughs> Sergio, okay. what, what is Kafka? <laughs> well, you, you can explain that you said, but... Uh, hey, Kafka no, is, I don't want to explain what Kafka is. <laughs> Kafka is just a system of cues that is for ingesting data in 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 a big numbers, okay? So it's just uh, kind of a first... Uh, uh, in, in Amazon, Kafka is like Kinesis, okay? And in other platforms... <laughs> How does saying Kafka's like Kinesis help anybody? Oh well, but, but I, th- I I think that we are. This is very off topic, and that's not the 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 idea. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, back up, back up. I- I, I, I think that the most important about technologies is right now we are uh, in the direction that every time is more easy. No, it's for develop a kind of um, IOT, no, or uh, something related, something similar. It's very easy. I think the most the the stages that you must follow is 
uh, detect no, the kind of uh, requirements that you have. If you want to do something streaming, if you want to sense uh, small signals, if your device is kind of, you need to, to integration of the data, if you can lose package, if, it, it depends, no? then the requirements, then you can choose technologies. And I think there are so many, we could be all day talking about them. I think mm. that AWS and other platforms, Google Cloud from, uh, Google Cloud Formation, all of them, they help you because they know that is something that you want to do a business with them and they are going to earn a lot of money. Uh, I, I think right now there are new protocols, uh, formats, um, all of this stuff is very interesting. I think that um, uh, you can do a lot of things that they are very custom. So like, for example, you mentioned Kafka, no? but I think that Kafka is something that if you don't have a kind of huge company and you don't want to be, make a custom version of Kafka, you, you you don't have to do that. Yes, use something that is already done and is for streaming and maybe it's a little bit more expensive, but it's going to be faster to develop that. So I think that right now, um, if you want to start with this kind of IO thing, I will propose that one, one, don't try to be like, I am the kind of guy that uses the beta software because this is terrible, mm-hmm. okay? If you, because right now, we, a lot of business, they start no, using these tools. They start using a lot of pull requests. They are developing no, what is now MySQL. I mean, MySQL now is enterprise, is well-proof, is stable, okay? Mm. It, everybody knows, and it, it has been proof for several years. But right now, all this, all this stuff, is not proof. Nobody knows. Well, some guys and these guys, they're, you need one person who must know a lot about Kafka to maintain a system like Kafka. Okay, that, that's mm. it. Or for example, Elasticsearch. Okay, it's easy to use, but in the moment that you have an index that is broken, you have to migrate the data, you have to change something, you need some, someone who knows a lot about that. So the knowledge is very deeply Okay, so it's the same like the protocols, no? MQTT or, uh, well, it's nice, no? We have a library that's, that's cool, but when you start working with these protocols, well, you need to know what you do and what to send because maybe you are, you think that it's lighter than JSON, for example, and that's not right. Maybe you are sending a lot of trash, you know? Later, you are sending mm. everything duplicated, no? So you can use other methodologies. So, um, yeah, I, I, my, my advice, no, in this is be very careful. Be very careful and don't try to make a huge investment of custom technologies instead of use something that is already done. Even you think that, oh, I need to, and it's cool, no? I think I said the same in all the podcasts. Try to be a commodity, you know? Don't don't be like, oh, I want to do the genesis and make something nobody has ever do, (laughs) have have ever done, no? (laughs) Right. Many of these problems that uh, you're facing are probably already solved. So finding the tool that solves your problem, uh, the the stable tool with that's been stable for ten years that solves your problem is probably a better idea than assuming that you have a unique problem that nobody has ever solved before. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say is it's about the context. For example, when we started with the uh, smartphones, uh, we saw that the battery was a big deal. We could not do a web socket. Well, we, we can, of course we can, but we cannot maintain a web socket from a smartphone because then the battery is mm. going to be gone. So you have to be very careful, no? And then the, these new protocols they start, no? But I think that even you have the protocols, you must understand all the platform, what are uh, the hardware, what is the CPU that you are going to have, the memory, because it doesn't, it depends a lot about if you want, for example, to buffer 
the data from one device to another, you you need to know how much memory you are gonna be able to buffer because if the platform is down and you are like one day saving the information, this is gonna be gone. So mm. uh, th- this is what I mean. That is 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 something non-trivial. But if you use a stack that already provides, and or even some companies that they offer everything already done, it it can be very very interesting. The the only problem is if sometimes you have you create your own kind of company device, and there is nothing that fits perfectly, and you need to do something custom. Well, that's that's the normal thing. Okay, I think finally I just had sort of one final question, which is you know I know we've sort of turn to you know if you're if you're doing something in the IoT space or the information technology space in general you need somebody you need you need experts that know what they're doing and people that know about security on your team but how how do you actually find these people like i know a lot of um you know if there are a lot of people with great business ideas that can basically get by with like a wordpress installation um how do, how do they deal with the security problem <laughs> what a question! I I, th- I think that the, my answer is gonna be try to play, try to play a lot with all the kind of stuff you have around you. Try to break things. Try to 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 to. I happen. I bought uh, some 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 years ago. I bought a phone, one of the first ones from China, mm. and well, I, in three days I broke it. Because I changed the firmware and it go like okay now is is done I cannot do nothing else with that phone no so I think you have yeah yeah, yeah. And, but you you have to play no so I think with all this stuff that we are talking about because it's IOT okay we are not talking about oh a laptop and everything is is already done no it's something that is so new I think you have to find. Uh, companies that they are doing similar things. You have to read a lot about what can fit. Uh, you have to play and try and have errors. This is what they said about China. China, they don't care about to make um, one million of devices that later they have uh, security problems or, or not security problems, but they just don't work after one day because the data is got corrupted or whatever, or the memory. Uh, they don't care. They create a new version with another million of units. And they create another version with a million of units. And, uh, well, right now they are huge. And they are huge because they don't care about so many legal stuff that um, you, you you are not agile anymore, no? You are just very, very slow, no? You are a giant that cannot move fast. So I think as a person, you have to forget all these kind of, oh, maybe I have legal problems or that. Of course, don't hack something that is not yours, but you can have a virtual machine and start working and playing. The same with Docker, with serverless. You have so many stuff. For example, Amazon. Amazon has the free tire, so you can play with all, uh, almost all the services free or um, Mm. It, it's very cheap, so just try them. No, add works as you are doing. Um, the, the, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that um, is is very important to to play with all this stuff and learn, learn. It, it you, right. you are just gonna learn with mistakes. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's what we're basically doing with this podcast. You know, we're we're playing, we're learning, yeah. we're trying to figure <laughs> it out. And I think with that, it's a wrap. So uh, thank you, Sergio, and I'll talk to you again next week. Sure. Thank you. Bye-bye.